welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. Welcome on to yet another edition of the Kona Edge. I'm still Brad Brown, coming to you from uh, the mother city in Cape Town, uh, South Africa. It's awesome to have you with us, and uh, yeah, awesome to share our next guest story uh, with you today. And it is uh, a pretty cool one. I'm pretty excited to share it with you. Uh, a guy by the name of Bob McRae joins me on today's podcast, and we chat a little bit about how he got into the sport uh, and some of the things he's been able to achieve, some of the things he's learnt along the way, and hopefully you can get some motivation and a fair dose of inspiration on today's podcast as well. Just a quick heads up, if you haven't considered uh, becoming a patron of the Cone Edge, uh, I would appreciate it massively. What it does is it just helps us uh, keep things going here at the podcast and... Uh, yeah, we've gone through uh, a bit of a rough patch recently uh, with regards to, to work and uh, the way things are going at uh, the podcast. And uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind uh, helping us out and uh, yeah, buying us pretty much a cup of coffee once a month, it would be uh, more than appreciated. And just to let you know, we are in talks with uh, a few more sponsors uh, to hopefully bring in some revenue here on the uh, Cone Edge. And we have, uh, of late, in the last two months, taken on some sponsors. And I've unfortunately received from some pushback from uh, people just like you who listen to this podcast who don't enjoy the advertising. So what I'm doing is uh, giving you the opportunity to listen to the Cone Edge ad-free. Uh, and that's uh, if you become a patron. So if you head over to theconaedge.com forward slash patron, that's P-A-T-R-O-N, uh, you get the opportunity to download this podcast without any ads. So uh, go check it out. That's theconaedge.com forward slash patron. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and it helps keep things going. If you enjoy the podcast, yeah, why not uh, swing me a cup of coffee once a month? There you go. Uh, coming up on the other side of our Coach's Corner today, we'll touch base with Bob McCray. Today's Coach's Corner is brought to you by Coach Parry Triathlon Coaching. With a passion for high-performance sport, Lindsay Parry is one of South Africa's most widely recognized and respected coaches. Having led a team to the London and Rio Olympic Games, Lindsay has coached both triathletes and runners onto podiums of some of the world's most illustrious races. Lindsay has the unique ability to understand what it takes to succeed at any level and thrives on coaching, motivating and inspiring others to do the same. To find out more about working with Coach Perry, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, if you're a coach or if you have a coaching business and you'd like to get a plug on the podcast, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. We head to Denver in Colorado right now, and uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome onto the Cone Edge, Bob McRae. Bob, welcome onto the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Brad. Bob, uh, we've over the last few weeks we've had a, a few people from from Colorado here on on the podcast, and there's a, a thriving triathlon community in in that neck of the woods. Uh, it's a great place to live and train. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. We moved here about five years ago, and I uh, appreciate being able to just run out my my front door and run along the open space trails. It's great. Yeah, and for you, I mean, you're not originally from from there, so you really appreciate it. I, I think guys and girls who, who 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 grew up and live in in areas like that really take it for granted. But uh, you know what it's like uh, not having that uh, that luxury. Yeah. Um, yeah. We moved out here about five years ago from California, which, uh, you know, obviously the, the weather's different there. So we were blessed in that respect. Um, but it's, it's been nice, uh, 
it's nice just like i said to be able to just leave the door and uh and go out training without have to without having to ride for an hour to get out into some open roads for example yeah absolutely as far as your foray into triathlon where did it where did it all start for you uh well actually my wife came home one afternoon and uh, evening and said uh one of her co-workers wanted to do a triathlon and you know this is at the time where i i think i was doing a little bit of mild running and and i said okay sounds good so we we signed up and it was uh that was the pacific grove olympic distance and it was about six months uh away uh neither one of us were <clears throat> triathletes by any means and we actually even weren't even swimmers at that point so that's when i started preparing and, and, and really just started training for swimming which was uh an eye opener, of course. So that's where it started. Was uh, what was the two thousand four time frame? All right. So gee, it's been it's been a while. You've been around the sport for for a while now, and uh, obviously, w- were you hooked after that first one, or, or, or did did you need some more convincing? Oh no, no, it was uh, <clears throat> it was a blast. I uh, I was hooked, and in fact, I signed up for a race uh, just about a month later, right after that hadn't really considered doing anything after but i was so excited about how it went and how much fun it was i had to do it again and and then uh that was toward the end of the season so uh, i had to wait for another you know three four months before uh getting started again i guess it was more like five or six into the next season what was it that that made that experience so enjoyable for you bob uh well i think it was it was for a lot of the same, same for a lot of folks, it was just that great deal of uncertainty and anxiety and huge amount of preparation, you know, for, you know, something that occurs in a relatively short period of time. Um, you know, the performance was pretty good, um, but it was just it all came together nicely. And um, I was reasonably competitive. I don't mean like podium or anything like that, but certainly better than I had expected. Um, and, uh, it was just nice to, to, to be able to accomplish something after, you know, preparing for it for so long, something so different. And from a, from a sporty background, you mentioned that before you signed up for that uh, first one, you had done a bit, a bit of running. Were you, have you always been active uh, growing up? Were you uh, a pretty active kid? <laughs> I was active at getting in trouble. Uh, <laughs> no. no, you know, early in my like grade school, I was probably – you know, I had some talent in running, um, and oddly enough, relatively shorter distances. But, you know, as I got into high school, I got distracted with other things. Um, and, and I just wasn't, I wasn't active at all. It wasn't until actually I got out of college, but, uh, there was the Navy in between. So I was, you know, probably in my late twenties before I actually started to get back into any sort of, or get into any sports, and, and even then, um, you know, I thought 40 miles a week running was, was extreme. And, uh, you know, I, I ran my first marathon. Um, I was going to run it with my brother-in-law. And we, we, his goal was a four-hour marathon. And so I ended up doing that with him. I don't know, I was probably right around 30 years old or so. Um, at that time, I was, I was about 180 pounds, uh, which, you know, for a six-foot-one guy is not that heavy. But for me, that's pretty heavy. Tell tell me about the trouble. Was it was it good trouble, bad trouble? <laughs> I don't think I don't want to talk about it too much. But no, it was bad trouble. I was a I was a troubled kid. I'm surprised I'm still here. <laughs> 
let's let's talk about the the sort of taking triathlon serious i mean that first one you you do the training you take up swimming when did you decide you know what i'm actually pretty good at this thing i want to i want to give it a good go i i think it was probably um it was the next year or maybe the year after where i i did my first half and i realized that as the lengths got longer i got more competitive and i could see that in my training as well um and you know it was just a lot of fun so you know i kept lengthening the distances and i think it was the third year i did an ironman and (laughs) i look back at that how naive i was at the time and i'm you know i come from from very modest genes um you know, both my parents were sedentary and, um, you know, the, between my, my sister and my parents, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're not, they're not athletic by any means and you know, they try to be active, but, um, you know, I, I, so I, I, when I came at it, it was, it was, um, you know, coming from the, you know, probably a middle pack sort of capability or athletic capability. And, you know, I, my first Ironman, I had the lofty goal of going sub 10 <laughs> and, uh, and actually got very close and it was 10 07. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, I think it was, it was the, those first three years or so after just really focusing on the training and really putting in a lot of time and, and having a very good first Ironman, um, that, uh, it, I, it, I mean, I was hooked from the first one, but it just kept getting more and more intense and my commitment to it continued to grow. You, your buildup into that first one by uh, re- regarding a lot of the, the athletes that I tatty on the cone edge is, is a pretty good progression. A, a, lot of, a lot of triathletes sort of get into the sport and within their first season, they're doing their first Ironman. Do you think it was a yeah. wise decision to, to build up over those three years and, and have that base to launch off, or off of, so to speak? Oh, for sure. I, I look at this as a, you know, lifelong lifestyle and, um, to be able, you know, to jump in and go to an Ironman right away in some respects, uh, you know, makes it a little bit easier, but that's a lot of stress on the body, a lot of uncertainty. If you, if it's, if it's sort of a one and done thing, I think it's probably fine, but um, you know, if it, if it's going to be something I'm going to do for a while, um, that's something I think we'll talk about. Um, then I think, you know, you gotta just take it easy and, and build into it. And I think that that's probably what explains some of my recent, um, I'll call it success, uh, in, in the sport is I, you know, I, I built that base and worked on it for, uh, to, uh, get away with a lot less these days. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because one of the things that pops up time and time again is is the consistency and 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 uh, consistency over time more than anything. And and by the sounds of it, you are the the poster boy for for that story. Well, to some degree, um, you know. Well, I mean, we may talk about the health uh, as being probably one of the most important things. Um, and you know, I've, I've actually struggled with health over the last five years, and. Um, uh, and that that's without health, it's, it's hard to be consistent with health. Um, it's easy. And, um, as long as you're driven, um, and, uh, I think that, you know, I, I try to do what I can each day, every day. And some days it's, you know, it's, it's enough, it's good. And some days, you know, it's a struggle just to get through, a you know, an easy two mile run. Um, but, but just, I think the constant effort, um, 
and desire to improve is is really most critical. Let's talk about those those health issues uh, of of late. I say of late. You, you mentioned the last uh, few few years. What, what what have been some of your your big sort of health challenges that you have to overcome and and are still overcoming? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's been a long history actually. Um, it was right after my daughter was born in 2010. So it actually goes back seven years ago. Um, I was starting, uh, I, I actually went from uh, just in about a three month period, got myself from, uh, you know, completely detrained to Ironman level, um, you know, prepping for half Ironman, you know, the beginning part of that next season, which actually was 2011. And I think my first race was Wildflower. And I could tell that like the, just the day before that something was just really off. And, um, I, you know, I just was, my allergies were really bad. I couldn't sleep. I got in onto the bike and it was the first race I'd ever been in where I just, I didn't want to race. I just wanted to, to hop off the bike and be done with it that day. But, you know, I struggled through and it was, you know, probably one of my worst performances. And, you know, from that that very specific day, um, I started experiencing more and more symptoms and, you know, I've, I've got asthma. So my, my asthma was really bad. My allergies were really bad. I had this, uh, um, this skin, um, I don't know, it was like a, almost like a rash. I think it's called tinea versicolor. Um, you know, I just like achy joints and all kinds of stuff. And I started checking it out after we didn't go away after several weeks and my primary care physician actually brought up the, the, you know, the concept of it being Lyme disease. I had no idea what Lyme disease was. So I just, uh, you know, heard him and went on to, you know, when it ended up being another five or six or seven physicians of different specialties. And, you know, it took me probably a year and a half to finally get to a real Lyme doctor. And I was actually diagnosed with Lyme disease. Um, and I'm not sure how much you want to get into the background of what that is and what that entails, but it's a pretty serious deal. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it just, it got me to the point where, you know, I was uh, a Kona qualifier prior to that to, I had difficulty playing with my daughter in the playground. Um, you know, it just totally disabled me. That's crazy. Um, Let, let's, let's, I mean, for, for, for some folks who don't know, t- tell us a bit more about Lyme disease. What, what is it? And, 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 and like going to, to some of the, the sort of daily battles that you you've had with it. Well, it's it's a it's a disease that's passed on from typically. I think the only documented cases are from tick bites, but only about a third of the people that actually um, get uh, this tick bite um, even know that they had it. I don't remember actually ever getting a tick bite, um, but it's uh, it's a it's so that the, the these ticks carry this um, disease and they pass it on to humans, and it. It basically, um, it's, it's, uh, it causes a, a host of, of issues that basically any sort of weakness that you had going into it is totally exploited. In my case, allergies, asthma, um, you know, stomach issues. I had all, probably all kinds of parasite, um, parasites at the time, um, which I can talk about in recent history as well, um, that, that end up having just, you think about it like a parasite having it's in your gut and you would think that you would just have sort of gut issues. But, um, as I've learned recently, um, it can affect everything. I mean, brain fog, depression, 
um, you know, joint issues, fatigue, um, you, you name it. I mean, I'm dealing with one right now, unfortunately, that, you know, my, my max heart rate is probably down by 20 beats per minute, which means basically all my paces are off and my, my training sucks. You know, so, I mean, that's a big part of what uh, people with Lyme disease have to deal with. Not to mention the fact that most medical specialties don't even recognize the fact that it exists or that it, they don't treat it as a legitimate disease. And therefore, a lot of people go untreated for a long time and have lasting uh, effects. Many people, in fact, have um, neurological impacts, you know, problems uh, seeing very well, problems thinking very well. It's pretty scary. It does. It sounds like it. And as far as prognosis goes, Bob, is it is it something you can, uh, I mean, you say you, you, you talk about the, the, the struggles at the moment. Is it something you can keep under control or does it keep popping up and, and, and almost manifesting itself in different areas? You know, I'd like to say that you can knock it completely, but um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I think that um, I think that it depends on when you get it and how bad it was um, and how good the treatment was. I, I think that, you know, in my case, uh, after actually getting diagnosed properly and, and getting some pretty significant, you know, I think I probably spent six months on antibiotics, um, it, you know, I was able to, to eradicate the, the majority of the disease and, you know, regain my life, which was right around the time we moved out here in Colorado. Um, but I do believe that that probably set off um, some problems that I've been dealing with over the last uh, five years. Um, including the fact that I probably destroyed all my gut, my gut flora, and as a result, probably been um, just having a weakened um, overall immune system. So, you know, in some respects, it it's been dealt with and can be dealt with. But I think that um, even in my case, it wasn't fully dealt with because I didn't rebuild that that gut flora very well. It, That's it, my working. Yeah, it, it's interesting because uh, I mean, you talk about like a. a, a an immune system that's taking a beating. I mean, when you're training for a, for an Ironman and training hard, your your body does take a beating, and to throw this on top of it, uh, it, it. I mean, tell tell me about from a training perspective. How, how have you managed to bounce back from this? What what are what are some of the things you've done? Is it a case of just taking it day by day, and and you know what? If it means that you might never race a, an Ironman hard again, so be it. But you you almost need to start from scratch. How, how have you approached it? Well, like I said earlier you know i do what i what i can each day every day and some days that's not a lot um and i remember when i was affected i when i i think i was just trying to figure out what to do some medical professionals would say the exercise is not good some would say it was good well i needed it to help keep me sane and feel like i was normal again never really athletically important but i had been to kona um <laughs> and in a, in a lot of ways, uh, I I say that you know triathlon or Ironman saved my life because if I hadn't been had that prior experience, I wouldn't have had the drive to you know come back. Um, but you know basically I, I I just I remember there was a month period where I said I'm going to run every day and and all I can do right now is run two miles, and so that's what I did and it was slow and it was hard, but I did it and you know just. That's, I think, the same for anybody, anything that they're dealing with. If they just focus on doing what you can each day and trying to improve over time, that, that was the key. And finally, I mean, y your body will only let you do so much, and we all probably want to do a lot more. But the key, I think, is just listening to your body and, and being smart about how much to push and when to push and when to relax and, and just 
go with the flow. In this whole journey, is 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 there anything that you would have changed or, or done differently to to sort of speed up your recovery, so to so to speak? Well, it's it's hard to say that because I feel like I've learned a good amount, but you know, I, I didn't know any better at the time. But I would say that you know, it would have been great if um, if I would have been able to find a Lyme literate doctor sooner, so that I could have actually not spent 18 months trying to figure out what the heck was going wrong with me and, you know, actually spend, you know, the, the time recovering more quickly. But then uh, right after that, the, you know, the, all the antibiotics, antibiotics, uh, spent a lot of time working on improving my uh, immune system in my gut first with my gut. Bob, as far as your, your triathlon career over, over the years, you've been, been involved in the sport. What are you, what are you most proud of? Well, I think it's probably um, coming back from getting knocked on my butt with Lyme disease. Um, a lot of people, I think, um, you know, they, they wouldn't have been able to come back. They wouldn't have continued to try and be demoralized <laughs> day after day. Uh, but, you know, persevering and just keeping at it. Um, you know, I just, as I started getting better and I, I we moved here, um, I think it was, you know, it was uh, 2012 time frame. So it was 2013. I had my first time in back and I saw, you know, I had a basically a great race up until mile nine of the run, which is very early in the run, but it showed me I could do it again. And, you know, it was that, I think it was, you know, I don't know if it was you know, at what point, I know what, what specific thing, but just the, the overall coming back for me was the most important getting back to Kona in uh, 20. 2014 was probably the most important thing overall. If there was like one event coming through this and, and battling this, has it changed your perspective on life in, in general? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, it's given me a much greater appreciation for what I'm able to do. Um, just, just being able to, to, you know, to walk, to run, to, to, to ride, try to swim, <laughs> uh, you know, just, just to be active and, and to be able to actually have full mobility and, and just the, the freedom to be able to do that. I've come to really appreciate it. How, how mentally tough is, as this challenge made you? Oh, I, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, like I, I talked about being demoralized. I mean, it's, you know, I'm doing that to myself, of course, because I'm comparing what I'm doing today or now to, you know, my best or, you know, yesterday which is, you know, it's irrelevant. Um, I, th I think it's just been a matter of, of learning to persevere and just be, um, uh, you know, to, to, to come just to, to get, try to, you know, the battle get back to where, you know, where you want to be or to be better than you were yesterday or to be the best you can be today, which is probably the, the ultimate way to look at it. Absolutely. Bob, Looking at Kona and, and qualifying for Kona, I get asked this question often, and I've of late been been asking the age groups that I chat to, what's the secret in your mind to qualifying to race on the Big Island? Um, well, I think there are two things. N number one, um, <laughs> you gotta you gotta want it fanatically, um, and I think that's probably the easiest thing for a lot of folks. And number two is to be patient. It's, it's time and sport. It's, it's not something that unless you're really, really uh, extraordinarily capable 
um, it's, it's something that, you know, it should plan on taking, you know, five years. If it comes in one year or three years, that's great, but it, it will take time. What does wanting it fanatically mean to Bob McRae? If, if, uh, t- tell me about sort of how badly you wanted it. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's basically where I'm at today. Um, my season has been derailed, unfortunately, but, and I, but this has been the season that, uh, was going to be uh, <laughs> my best ever. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, well, I've, I've been going for some lofty goals this year, greater than even last year. Um, and you know, I've been told by some, you know, at least one trusted person that I should probably throw in the towel, at least for now, and take a step back and do something different, um, work on my bucket list. And, you know, I've taken that to heart. And that was probably three weeks ago that this person had told that to me. And, and I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling in the train right now, unfortunately, but, but I, you know, I, I keep thinking about it, but when I think about my bucket list, it's, it really comes back to um, being great in sport right now. I mean, you know, Western States or Leadville 100 or something. And this kind of defeats the purpose of what this person was suggesting. I keep coming back to, I can still turn this around. And if it's not now, it'll be later. Um, it, it, it's almost instinctual. Um, it, it's a drive that uh, just won't, it, it won't let me give up. I was going to ask if if you've considered throwing in the towel, and and I'm sure there have been times where where it's really tough, and and you go, you know what, I'm done. But it just, what is it about sport and and triathlon that that makes you want to be better? And and as much as racing on the Big Island's cool, and you get to race against the best in the world, at the end of the day, each of us we we're essentially just racing ourselves. What, what do you think the that is about? Is it is it hardwired in all of us, or is that is that a special gift that that some of us have and others don't? Um, I think it's more the latter. Some people are, you know, the quote type A's and some are not. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, some the people that, that are driven to this sport, especially, you know, the, the top end of the age group ranks, <clears throat> you know, obviously the pros, they have to be the best that they can be. I mean, that's, and, and for those people, I think it is hardwired. It's, it's the frontier, um, you know, and then for me, it's, it's like the only chance I have at any sort of, you know, and it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a way to achieve something incredible. As far as the, the balance and, and keeping family life and work and, uh, and training and everything going, what are, what are some of the, what, what is your secret to, to, to keeping the balance right? Because it's not, you're not training for an Olympic distance uh, triathlon when, you, when you're racing on the big island. It's, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, at some stage, something's got to give. How, how do you get that balance right? Well, I think that for me, adding triathlon to my life was, was actually a great balance because otherwise I would have spent all my time working. Um, and, you know, I do have a, a young family and I would probably end up spending more time with them if I wasn't doing this. But, um, you know, I think that these days the, you know, the, the trick or the secret or whatever is probably for the most part, a few things, one periodicity and two, the base that, 
I established over the years, um, years ago. So as we talked about earlier, easing into the sport, increasing the distance over, over a period of years, establishing a really good aerobic base, which will stay with you for a very, very long time. Um, and then these days, uh, you know, the periodicity, uh, for the most part, I keep my training very, very short, relatively short, and not do it an extraordinary amount of training. Certainly not like consistent 20-hour weeks or more. Um, I'd say, you know, like last season was probably my best season. Well, it certainly was um, in my career. And I probably spent 12 hours a week training on average. Um, and as I got close to Boulder and Kona, I probably get, got that up to maybe, I don't even know if I got the 20 in, in a given week. Um, but, you know, just uh, it was just maybe like an eight-week period prepping for Boulder where it, it probably got closer to 20. But for the most part, most of the year was was closer to 12 short, hard sessions, um, consistently, you know, a lot of doubles, sometimes triples. <clears throat> and, you know, I think that that, you know, that, that was probably the key. Still left to achieve in the sports, uh, looking ahead. I mean, what do you, what do you still want to want to achieve in, in this water triathlon and Ironman? Bob? Sub nine. Why, why would that be important to you? <laughs> Because uh, it seems unfathomable. I mean, difficult. I mean, impossible. Um, at least I would have considered it a few years ago. But I believe I can do it. And if I can turn things around, I could do it this October. If you could go back and chat to yourself ahead of that first Olympic distance uh, triathlon, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? If I, I could tell myself during that first triathlon, yep, have fun. <laughs> That's probably it. It's so that is. I mean, you 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 laugh about it, but that is so important. I mean, we we get into the sport because for various reasons, whether it's to stay healthy or we're competitive. But so often you see it, uh, triathletes. You just you almost and and you can hear them speaking, and and they're almost hating what they're doing. It, I mean, having <laughs> having fun is a prereq. It, it, I mean, it it should go without saying, but so many triathletes aren't having fun. I know and. Yeah, I mean, the, the the drive, especially, I think volume is a big part of that, probably the biggest part of it. And I can't even tell you how many rides I've gotten out or runs. I've just started out, and it was the, the last thing I wanted to do. And when I ended, it was the last thing I wanted to do. But these days, if I feel like that, I'll just turn around and go home. And I I know that it's turned it's 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 favored me because i can come back and get far more quality out of it in the next time when i am ready and that and that should apply to anyone uh not necessarily just in in your case with lyme disease and that sort of thing it's uh i mean anyone should should be thinking that way yeah no it, it just it's gotta flow naturally and and if it's not fun i can't remember who i, I heard say this but if you know you go out for a run and you don't feel better by the time you get back then you did it wrong <laughs> could not agree more well i think that's a great place to leave it i look forward to chatting about your swim your bike your run and particularly around your nutrition because i think that's an important part in in what you're doing at the moment but we'll save that for another time thanks for your time here on the cone edge okay thanks for having me That's it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed Bob's story. I loved chatting to him. 
And uh, make sure you tune in next week, Thursday, for another uh, chat with Bob about his swim here on the Kona Edge. Uh, I mentioned as well uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you haven't left us a rating or review on the podcast, uh, please do, because you stand in line to win yourself an entry into an Ironman. We'll pay for you to race any Ironman distance uh, around the world. All you need to do uh, is uh, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. You can get all the details, by the way, on the KonaEdge.com forward slash win, and you can do exactly uh, what Laurie Wise did. Laurie says, uh, thanks, uh, Mo. This is one of my favorite triathlon podcasts. I love hearing from top-notch athletes and getting tips on swimming, biking, running, and nutrition. Keeps me motivated in my triathlon journey. Great show. Thank you very much, Laurie. Much appreciated out in the United States. If you haven't left us a review yet, please consider doing so. Uh, it helps keep the lights uh, on and uh, puts us in front of more people just like you uh, on uh, platform of iTunes, which is uh, a great place where people discover uh, more and more podcasts. So until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for The Kona Edge.